there's not many mega churches, many big churches that preach this message. Although there are some churches really arising. But I would say the biggest church now that believes in God's unconditional love, mercy and grace, not from a law perspective, is, is from all over the world coming together on the internet. <coughs> and um, while I was reading some of these comments and stuff, I realized that there's people are misunderstanding each other because the one takes the word redemption and thinks it's the word salvation. And they think the word salvation means redemption. And there's a difference between the two. And if you understand, if, if, if we don't understand the, the terminology that was used in this, we can develop any type of doctrine. We can say um, that all of mankind is already saved, you know, which is not true. Um, we can also say, and, and we can find scriptures for it, if we use the word redemption and read the word salvation into it. And if we don't understand the context in which the word salvation and the word redemption is used, we, we will not see what was intended. And um, I was talking to, I made some, wrote some uh, things on Facebook and people started to comment and the one guy came and he mentioned the difference between the two words. You know, he says, isn't there a difference between these two words? So I went and I studied it out because I always said we are saved from something unto something. And that is, it is true. But we are actually redeemed, the English word redeemed from something. And then we are saved, and then we will be saved. Now, that <laughs> it sounds as if it contradicts each other, but I think it's very important that I make this and that I also record this so that I can put it up on my website and also on, on the other places on the internet so that people can understand the difference. Because we find that, that we will become angry with each other because of the one will say, man, but we are saved. The Bible says that he has reconciled the whole world unto himself. And there's a scripture for that. And there's a scripture that says he has forgiven the whole world all their sins already. Which is true. And then there are scriptures that says, if you don't believe, you shall not be saved. You cannot be saved. You know, so um, I, I went and I, I made a study of this. So I want to just... Um, read the, the, the Webster's defini definition of salvation. Salvation is the act of saving or to preserve something from destruction, danger or calamity. So it's the act of saving, somebody that saves you, physically saves you. It is a, a, a preservation from destruction, danger or great calamity. Salvation in theology, it's redemption of man from the bondage of sin and its liability to death. And the manifestation um, of everlasting joy in his life. Now, uh, let me just explain the, the, the word salvation there. So, uh, what he says here, well, let me just read redemption, then I will explain the two. <coughs> it says, re uh, uh, redemption means to repurchase, to buy again. To buy something. You've lost something and now you're buying it. Salvation is to keep it safe from danger and destruction. So, um, the meaning here is to repurchase. That's, that's the only word. When you, when, you, when you go in the English dictionary, it says um, redemption. It says repurchase. Now, the word repurchase means to buy something back as a throne 
will be purchased with the blood of the enemies. So what he says is, say, say uh, some nation lost their kingdom. They're going to purchase it back, but somebody's going to pay for it, and it's going to be the enemy with their blood, and they, so that you can get this thing back. So when we are redeemed, we are bought back. And that's why we will find many scriptures when it talks about redemption, talking about actually past tense. We've been redeemed. Who has redeemed us. Because what happened in Adam and Eve, when man sinned, the, uh, um, Adam sold man out to another master, which was himself, the law system. And Satan ruled in his, with his system of death, which was the law and condemnation, in the life of man, to bring forth sin in the life of man, and so destroy his life. So, but man, he, was, he originally b- belongs to God, and then he was deceived and brought under another system. So God came and He redeemed man from that law system. I always say it this way. He saved all of man from being saved by the law. He saved all of man from being saved by their own works. So that He did for the whole world. He redeemed us all from the law. So we can go with a message of redemption and, says, say, and say that He bought us back from, uh, from out under that law system and its consequences. So we've been redeemed from that system. And I've used the, the, the example, I want to use it again. It's like the apartheid system. We have been redeemed from the apartheid system. All of man in South Africa, has already been redeemed from that by ending that law. So we don't have to suffer the consequences of apartheid. But for you to be kept safe from the effects of apartheid, because there, will be still, there are still people that live in that mindset, you need to believe that that law has been fulfilled because your belief in the redemption will save you from the effects of the apartheid law in your life. So, uh, um, and, and if we mix these words up, because mankind has been redeemed. Now, there's, there, there, there's certain words, if you go and study this out, I think if you really want to go in depth, I can take three or four sessions and take examples from the Bible. There are certain words where, where redemption is used for the future, where it says we shall, our bodies shall be redeemed, which is future tense. So how shall our bodies be redeemed? You see, the thing is, before I get technical into this, um, I think it's just very important to understand that the whole world has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, because through one price, he bought man back. If you even go and read in, in, in Peter, Peter writes to people, he says that he bought the world. He bought us out from under. He repurchased us. So we can go to the world out there and we can bring a message of no condemnation in telling them that Jesus Christ has redeemed you from the law of separation. Which is actually what we also had in South Africa, apartheid law. Man over here, God over there, Gentiles over here, and Jews over there. It was a big apartheid system. And God came and He redeemed us 
from that, that, that law which distinguished between, uh, man's, between nations and between human flesh and God, saying, we are sinners, God is uh, righteous, this nation is holy, and those, those nations are without a God. We've been redeemed from that. And that's the good news that is already true about every man that we preach. Now, what I see on Facebook, and maybe you, uh, you, you read some of those things, or you might get a CD or a tape of someone that says that we have already been saved. Now, the moment you come and you stand in a church without explaining what I've just explained, and I say to you, we are saved, all people, you will, see, you will just see question marks. Because everybody will say, but how can that be? Uh, do you want to tell me that the person out there that's a Satanist has been saved? You know, and they will think, but how can a Satanist be saved? He's not saved. I only got saved when I received Jesus. And now I can use a scripture that says, He has redeemed us by His blood. And so, you see there, it is for the whole world. I can use scripture in 2 Corinthians 5 that says, He has already reconciled the whole world unto Himself. And then I can think, oh, but the whole world saved. And my theology gets mixed up. But what, we, what is actually supposed to be said, if we use the, the true terminology, is that even a Satanist has been redeemed from being saved. Or, yeah, has been redeemed from being saved by the law. He's already been. God has died for him as well. God has also said, for every man, be he a Jew or a Gentile or whatever, my blood flowed for him, buying him back from out of under the law. Now, when he believes, you find that that believer is saved right now from the effects of the law in his life. Uh, a good example is in Romans a lot, of you, a lot of you have been in, in my teachings. So, in Romans it says that when we were under the law, the law was bearing its fruit in our lives. And the purpose of the law was to bring forth fruit unto death and to bring forth sin in your life. So, God gave the law and the purpose of the law was not to make any man righteous, to guide you, not to guide you into holiness, but to... The, the, the law had two purposes. Number one, to bring forth sin in your life. And number two, to prophesy about the coming of the Messiah who will save you or redeem you. So that you can be saved, should you believe. You see, a, a, a truth realized brings, uh, carries power. Um, let me use a good example. If I tell you, you have won the lotto. It brings for, the, the, that truth that I say, this is true, will save you from your poverty. But if I say to you that you might win the lotto, those two words, the one that says you have won the lotto, and the other one that says you will win the lotto, doesn't carry the same power. But if I tell you, you have won the lotto, you have been redeemed from your poverty. It's not needed that you continue to live in your poverty. When you believe upon this, the truth of this can carry its power in your life and save you from your poverty right now. And then your children can also be saved one day 
from poverty because of the prosperity that manifests in your life. I hope this is clear. Is it duidelijk, my schat, of nie? Verstaan jy Because she will, t- I, I tell me now, don't tell me in the car, uh, people don't understand. <laughs> so, um, I, I think it's, it's very important that we understand this, because I've seen when I start to read the Bible, from this perspective, things are much clearer to me, and I can preach with great boldness the good news of redemption, where we have been purchased out from under the law. Now, there are people like slaves that, that might still live under the law of their master, although slavery has been ended hundreds of years ago. And there are people that are still under that, but they've already been redeemed from it, they just don't know it. If they believe it, then they can be saved from the bondage they are under. So they are there, redeemed, but not saved. Redeemed from the law. A slave, I, I told you that story about a slavery, I think it was in the US, when it was ended, um, there was this one farmer that kept, kept slaves and kept the news away that there have been, uh, that the law of slavery, there's been a law passed that you're not allowed to have slaves anymore. So they were redeemed from being slaves. They were redeemed. This is a real story. But he kept the news away. So they were not saved from bondage. Because they were still living under the bondage, although they've been redeemed. By what? By the law. They've been bought free. Now, if you, want, if you were a slave, for you to be free from slavery, a price has to be paid to your master in order for you to go away free. Now, you can either pay money to the master or change the country's law. That says, it's the end of slavery now. No price has to be paid. The law declares it. That law now has been fulfilled. It has come to an end. There's a new law now. No more slaves. So there is no more law that says you must be... uh, There's no more law for slavery. There's only a law against it. But there were slaves living as slaves for 30 years or something. And then the news came to this farm. And when these... I mean, when one of the workers heard it, one of the slaves, it was all over. Because then they declared the truth about those slaves. That what is already true concerning their redemption. Now, I'm sure there were some slaves who believed it and some who didn't believe it. Because if if it wasn't the truth and you believed it, you will die. They're going to kill you. And the whole government will be against you. Remember, they've been living in isolation. But if they can believe it, and it is the truth, that truth will manifest salvation from the bondage they are under. With the power, not of their own ability to stand up against their leader, or their, their master, but with the power of the government. So it will be the government's power working in them unto salvation. And this salvation will be in their lives as long as what they believe, the truth, about their redemption. The moment they don't believe it anymore, they can become the slaves of anybody that looks like a master or acts like a boss. That's why the Bible clearly says that, and let's go and look at some scriptures concerning salvation. Um, John 
And there was some in Matthew that was very nice. But let's go and read whatever I've written down here. John 1, 12 and 13. I hope I didn't mix the scriptures up here. I thought I made a mistake there. Okay, let's go to the next one there. Romans 5, 9. Romans chapter 5 and verse 9. This talks about salvation. Now, if you take the word uh, uh, saved in the, um, and put it into, the, into your computer there with the Bible program, you will see that I see about 75-80% of all the words is used in connection with the future and not now. There are, and we're going to read, which talks about saved now because we are saved now. And, and um, this is what I started to say. When we were under the law, the law worked sin in our heart and in our life, manifesting of sin. Paul says, I did not know lust unless the law said you shall not covet or shall not lust or desire. I didn't know it. But then I found that when I knew this, that my flesh used this law to manifest sin. Now he says, who shall save me from this? Who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God. For Jesus Christ. So He saves me now from this. Now the moment I believe in Jesus, I don't live under the law anymore, so now I am saved from the power of sin manifesting in my life. And I find that where I was always lusting after, I become a giver, I become a free, I start to walk not in lust anymore, but in love. Because I have been saved from the manifestation and the power of sin in my flesh. That's why when we received Jesus and believed upon Him, I was in that day saved from the power of sin in my life and my life changed. I was saved right there. But there is still a salvation to come in the return of Jesus where we will be saved from the wrath to come that will be poured out over Satan and his angels. So we want to be saved from that as well. We've now been saved from the manifestation of sin and the manifestation of the flesh man in our life because we believe upon Him. And that's why the Bible says it's impossible to be saved without faith. You cannot be saved without faith. How can freedom from apartheid carry power in anybody's life unless he believes it? It is impossible. It cannot happen. The any truth is powerless outside of your belief in that truth. And I want to say this, belief in anything is powerless unless it is true. If you uh, 30 years ago believed, well, there's no apartheid anymore, you'll only feel good for a week. <laughs> or you'll just feel good until, until 9 o'clock. And the bell rings. Or the horn. Or whatever. Then I don't care what you believe. So your belief doesn't have power unless something is true. And even if something is true without belief, that truth doesn't have power in your life. 
That's why it's impossible. It's not God making a law that says, well, I want to see you working up enough belief now in your heart so that you can be saved. That is the way a human being functions. It's not a work. It's not a law. It's the way we function. That's why we preach the truth about redemption from the law so that people can be saved in this world and be saved when Jesus comes. And that's why it makes sense when it says, they that believe until the end shall be saved. Because belief has only got, truth can only manifest in your life as long as what you believe it. If we now go and, and, and say, well, I don't believe that that law, and you can from your heart not believe anymore that the apartheid law was ended, you're going to find that that, I mean, you're going to find in your mind the fear coming. Um, you will start to find hatred in your heart arising again, and everything. You will not uh, judge situations for what they really are. You'll start to look from your own perspective. So that's why God says, I want a new life in your life. So I made something true and truly delivered all of man from a system that had his, had his hands on man so that man can believe what I've done and when, I, when they believe it, the new life manifested is not even just by the power of their faith, but it is empowered by, the, by, by that new government which is God's government or God's kingdom and that's why we say the new life I live, I live by the Spirit of God. For when I call upon Him and believe upon Him, His Spirit comes and indwells me and manifests the truth of who God is in my life. So I don't have to try and work it up. It is Him living in me. Because He has redeemed us from the law so that we can believe upon Him and then there is no condemnation for those who believe. <laughs> because... If, if you don't believe, you, feel, you will feel condemned in your mind. Okay? Now, there's some other things that's more complicated, but I don't want to confuse people. Right. Uh, let's go to Matthew 10. Oh, what did I write there? 22. Matthew 10, 22. So, I'm not saying that people aren't saved today that believe in Jesus. Those that believe now, we are saved from, from, the, from the effects of the law. Now, that, that's what it says also, the definition of salvation. That is, the act of saving uh, uh, to preserve you from destruction, dangers, and of great calamity, as pertaining to um, theology, it says there, redemption of man from the bondage of sin. Now, the Bible says the power of sin is in the law. Okay, so how did Jesus, how did He save us? Is He redeemed us from the law system? When we believe in that, we are kept safe from the bondage of that law. We are not walking under the bondage of that anymore. I remember before I uh, uh, received Jesus as my Lord, I was bound to many things that I couldn't be free from. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't be free from. But when I realized the truth of my redemption and believed in it, then I was set free 
from the bondage of that law, which was manifesting sin in such a powerful way in my life, that I by my willpower couldn't even be free. And then I said, I got saved. For I was saved. From the bondage of the law and its effects. Now the greatest thing of the law system and its effects and rejection of, because the law system stands for rejection of Christ, standing by your own power before God, will be eternal condemnation. So this thing is in effect in correlation with my faith and belief in it. So I can't just stop to believe this and think it will still have effect. How can you stop to believe something and think it will have effect? It cannot. The effect in your life, and that's one thing about salvation. Uh, Salvation is not a theory. It is a manifestation. It is a manifestation. So when we live in this world, we can say, I can be saved from fear. I can be saved from a temper problem. I can be saved from feeling negative. Saved by the power of God. By realizing what I've been redeemed from. And most of the time, if we understand our redemption, what we have already been redeemed from, which one of the things is performance. You don't have to perform in this world to get God to smile over your life. And the moment we are redeemed from performance, and, and, or we realize our redemption from performance, we will find the salvation manifesting in our lives, bringing us peace and joy. Like it says here, that salvation is to, um, is to confer or to bring everlasting joy over someone. So, I mean, when, when we live in this world, when are we saved from the effects of this world? It's when we, re- when we realize what we've been redeemed from. When does prosperity or poverty, when are, when are you saved from the, from the voice of money over your life? When you realize that you've been redeemed from money defining you. When you believe that I've been redeemed from that, then you will be saved from the fear and the bondage and the performance that comes in your life because of not believing in your redemption. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Right. Um, What did I say? Was it Matthew 10, verse 22? Let's see. Listen to this. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. There again. He that endures until the end shall be saved. Okay? We're going to read some scriptures as well concerning salvation right now. Uh, Matthew 24 verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So what is this endurance until the end? It's believing. Just believing that we have been redeemed from a system that, where we are judged by our works, calling upon the name of the Lord, calling his, Him as King over my life and accepting His rulership over my life. 
right? Um, John 10 verse 9. I think this is also going to be the same one. I am the I am the door. By me, if any man enters, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. So it says, if somebody comes in through me, so now I come in through Christ, then he shall be saved. So it's like me saying to you, listen, if you if you right now uh, uh, invest money into this project, then in twenty years your children shall be saved from poverty because of the increase that will come upon your investment. So he says that I am the door. If somebody comes into the kingdom of God through me, he shall be saved. Shall be saved of what? I shall be saved of the effects of the law right now in my life. I shall be saved from the flesh manifesting through the law and bringing destruction in my life right now. And I shall be saved in the last judgment day from eternal condemnation by the Lord, by what He's done for me. Amen. That's why it says we need to believe. Okay. Um, let's, let's read. Romans 10, 1, you all know, he says there that my prayer is that all the Jews, that the Jews might be saved. So it clearly states that all people are not saved. That there are still people that still need to be saved. But it's clear that when the law was fulfilled, it was fulfilled on behalf of everybody. Everybody. We can go with good news to everybody and say to them, as pertaining to the law, you stand innocent because that law has already been fulfilled. But now you need to be saved. But because of your unbelief of what has happened, you are not saved. You need to believe. That's why he says that he loved the world so much that whosoever believes on him might be saved. So he loved the world so much, he gave his son. Why did he give his son? To redeem them. So there can be a truth that they can believe in to be saved from the effects of the law. He came to redeem us that were under the law so that we can receive, so that we might receive it says there, so that you might receive the adoption of sons. And then he clearly states in John that those that believed on him, they have the, the, the right to say, I am a child of God. I'm a son of God. Those that believed upon him. So he has redeemed all of man from out under the law. He redeemed us from the law. He was born of a woman. Very good scripture. It was... We, 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 all people are redeemed. All people. But all are not saved. That's why we go and preach this gospel. So that people can be saved. Amen. <laughs> and what's, what's so nice is, we, with, with this message, is we can go with something that's already true about every person we meet in the street. And the wonderful thing that's true about them is that He has redeemed them from out under the law. And that He has already reconciled the whole world unto Himself. How? By not imputing their trespasses. So how did He not impute their trespasses? 
by taking the law, which puts the focus on trespasses out of the way and fulfilling it by nailing it to the cross. He says he has forgiven us or separated us from the law by taking the law and nailing it to the cross. When the law was nailed to the cross, mankind was separated. That's the word forgive, to be separated from their sins. So God says, I don't deal with you according to your sins. I don't look at you in accordance to your sins. And I brought a system that is true so that you now can believe this. So we must go. You cannot, how will people be saved unless they hear the word of the gospel of their redemption? Amen. They must hear a word of how they have been redeemed from the law system so that they can believe to have true salvation. How's man going to be saved now, now forget, forget about saved now just one day. Let's talk about salvation today. How will you be saved from the manifestation of the flesh outside the message of redemption? Because what will you believe that will carry the power that will manifest a new life in you? It's impossible. You might fake it till you make it. You might have a new man manifesting in your life by, the, by willpower, but that, is, that, that does not equal salvation. Let's, let's use desire again. Here you struggle with, with desire. Why? Because there's a law that says, thou shalt not desire. Now God comes and says, <clears throat> I have fulfilled that law and brought forth a new kind of man before me. Not the man that is justified by his works, but the man that is justified by faith in me. The moment I realize the truth that I am not being justified by the, by the law and thou shalt not lust anymore, and I realize this new person that I am, and I now believe it, or this new type of man that's before God, the moment I believe it, I find the power of the gospel saving me from my desire, that evil desire. And therefore we can say, where is boasting? It's not of us. Who can boast? Because it's not me boasting for I've done this good thing or I've done that good thing. It's all about Him. He brought redemption. That message is preached powerfully and it brings forth faith in the heart of a person. When we yield to the faith that rises in our heart and we, to the, I, I like that, uh, I read, and I can't remember which Greek lexicon it was, but it says, metanoia, the word repent means, to have, to, cha- to have a change of mind that changes your decision. So my mind is so much changed concerning what is done and, and, and what the cross has brought into this world that it changes my decision. Well, I decide not to live by the law system anymore and my work's righteousness. I now decide to say, Jesus is my Lord, because this is a truth that I am persuaded of. That I can say from, from, from today, I live by this reality. And when you live by that reality, which is the truth, we find the power of the Holy Spirit living a new life in us. And we can say, then we have been saved. And I think that is why you will see people... When they first received Jesus, you say, but they saved from alcohol, they saved from this, they saved from that, they saved from that. But then they fall back. After six months, you find a lot of the people back in, in their old sin. Why? 
because they did not continue to hear a message about their redemption. That they are out from under the law. But new laws are being placed now to maintain the salvation. When new laws are placed there to maintain the salvation, you will find the same effect as when they were under the law. Now I don't say they will not be saved one day. But what I say is, the salvation as pertaining to alcohol or whatever you want to call it, I mean, it goes to waste. When they believe it again, you will find that they will be set free. That's why it's important to continue to believe. And if somebody falls, I mean, they believe now it goes well and it goes down again, don't think, what's wrong with me? And that's exactly what the devil wants. You, you, uh, people receive Jesus, goes very well, and then they plummet down into the sin again, and they think, God, what is wrong with me? I'm a bad person. I'm a this, I'm a... No, no. All you need to do is get your eyes focused on your redemption. How you have been redeemed. What has happened 2,000 years ago. The reality of the resurrected Christ and what He stands in. And that reality as pertaining to you. And as you believe about what you've been redeemed from and being been redeemed unto in Christ, making the resurrected Christ your only point of reference as pertaining to your life, you find the power of salvation, which is by the Holy Spirit manifesting in your life. So please, if, if, if it happens that you go through a dip and you feel, man, you know, Lord, you know, I've lost my salvation now. That's why people say, I've lost my salvation. You know, I've, I've lost, Lord, I've, I've been saved. And that's why many people go and they will say, if you sin, you are not, if you sin again, you're going to go to hell. It's because of a wrong understanding of redemption and salvation and the two where they are uh, uh, mixed in together. Okay, now the, the, what I also wrote here, in the study I made there, I found that uh, um, the word redemption, the word redemption in connection with the definition of salvation implies salvation. And the word salvation used in connection with the definition of redemption implies redemption. So, if I use the word salvation, it's, it's very simple to understand. If I use the word salvation, but all the attributes that I put around it speaks of redemption. In the writings of the Bible, redemption was, was meant. So, if I say, you know, we have been saved already uh, uh, 2,000 years ago. All people have been saved. And then it talks about saved by the blood of Jesus. And there's maybe three instances of that in the Bible. But a hundred times it uses, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That word saved there also implies redemption. We can't use that one verse now, or two verses where we find the word saved now, connected to the blood of Jesus, and twist it, and say now, well, I've got this one verse now, and say the whole world's been saved, nobody needs faith to be saved, everybody's saved. So if something, let me explain to you this way. If I say, um, this, this is a, this is a, I mean, this is a screen. Let's say I say, this is a stone. <laughs> but you say, okay, define the stone to me. And I say to you, no, it's, it's got this little 
aluminium thing here and then you can pull it out, it's white, you can take a projector and project against it and everything, very light to carry around everything. If the definition of the word stone matches that of the word projector screen, it's still a projector screen, it's not a stone. So in the same way, when we read the Bible and there's one or two verses that seem as if it contradicts the truth, we must look at the intention of the writer. And there's some deep understanding actually behind that. So, the only thing is, when you go home and you read about salvation, redemption, and you just read, I'm sure you're not going to, some people make a study, others will not, but you'll just read and see one word here, redemption, another one, salvation, and say, oh, but this doesn't really match up, because look at this one verse now. Just look at the context of it. What does he really want to say there? Does he actually want to say that we have been redeemed? Or does he say we are saved in the context of I'm saved from my evil or from the power of the flesh in my life? Or are you talking about I shall be saved in the return of the Lord from the wrath to come? There are different things that we must be saved from. Number one, we've been redeemed from the law so that we can be saved from the effect of the law in our life and be saved from the wrath to come. Now, those three things, you must read it in the context of those three things. When you do it, you will find a clear understanding. And, and the reason why I minister this is because there is a message out there in the grace circles that is not healthy. Where, uh, uh, where, we, where people don't look at the difference between salvation and redemption and some people are going astray as pertaining to their, to, to their faith. Because they, people start to believe there's no return of Jesus Christ anymore. Because they, just because of changing those two words. They say, well, we've received it all. We are already perfectly saved. So, and using the word redemption for salvation, you can easily say, but the whole world's already been saved. So why do we need Jesus to come back? No, no, no. We are already saved. And there are really teachings like that. Saying that, 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 that God has saved everybody. And that we don't need, there's no return of Jesus Christ anymore. There's no waiting for a, for a new physical body. If we just believe hard enough now, we're going to live forever. And all those things. So, and this is the reason why I say this. So you can get the CD and go and listen to this again. And go and study this so that you can have peace in your heart about this and know that we have been redeemed and as we believe we are saved and shall be saved Um, let me see what other verse I can quickly throw in there I just want to go to uh, talking about redemption a good, well, I've already explained that. Let's go to Second Timothy, last verse here, 1 verse 9. Let's read from verse 8. Be thou therefore not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be, you, uh, be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own 
uh, purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So here he says, he says, believe in a God that has saved us. Talking about now, this is a past tense thing now. He has saved us. So when you read that has saved, you must say, let me understand the context in which this was, what he was talking about. He was talking to Timothy about, he says, listen, you've believed this gospel to the point that you are now persecuted for this gospel. So obviously, you've been saved in many areas of your life. You've even been saved from going to the temple. You've been saved from sacrificing animals. You've been saved from tithing to be blessed. You've been saved from so many things now. Now they want to persecute you for this gospel. He says, take the suffering for the gospel upon you. Which, he says, take the suffering of the gospel which come upon you, which is in accordance to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. So he has saved us and he has called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ before the world began. So here he says, there was a purpose before the world began. He saved us. How did that salvation come? They had a belief. Then they were saved. So we cannot take, take the, the sequence of how salvation works and use that sequence whenever you see the word salvation and saved. If I don't use that sequence and I say, well, you see, the whole world has been saved. I mean, I'm mixing up the gospel and the whole Bible doesn't become, uh, becomes mixed up to the point that I can't understand the book. And this is all I want to say. You have been redeemed. I've got good news for you. You've been redeemed from the power of addiction. You have been redeemed from that which produces the power of uh, uh, of fear, anxiety. You have been redeemed from a poverty mentality. You have, from the power that produces that poverty mentality. When you realize your redemption, you will experience the power of salvation. And you can walk in the freedom of God.